Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde Podcast. Today I have a very interesting guest, Tracy McCuban, and we will be talking about how to stop attracting clutter and start magnetizing the life you want. Tracy McCuban is the author of Making Space Clutter-Free, the last book on decluttering you will ever need. She has always referred to herself as obsessive, compulsive, delightful, but who knew she could turn that trade into booming business? While working for a major television director in Los Angeles, Tracy discovered she had the ability to see through any mess and clearly envision a clutter-free space. Coupled with time management and organizational skills, Tracy soon found more and more people were asking her for help. Before she knew it, Declutterfly was born. 10 years and thousands of clients later, Declutterfly in Los Angeles is a premier organizing and decluttering company. Tracy is regularly featured on all the major media outlets like Hallmark's Home, Fox 5, and so many others. So today we will be discussing how clutter overall affects our well-being and happiness and how to declutter spending to improve financial stability and reduce stress, how to build self-confidence and how decluttering our physical space can contribute to building that confidence, what are the best strategies to overcome the temptation of impulse buying and how to reflect on your spending habits and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you. And you just look so happy and pink over there. It's so exciting. Oh, thank you. And also, we would love to learn more about you, your background. And in your book, Make Space for Happiness, you talk about emotional clutter magnets. So can you briefly explain what clutter magnets are and how they impact our lives? Oh, yeah. So I have a I own a professional decluttering and organizing business. I've been um, helping people get organized for over 16 years now for a really long time. And one of the things that I realized early on in my business is that you can't get organized until you declutter. Right. You just it's just part of the process and we all need to do it. And so much stuff comes into our life and we have to figure out if the stuff that we have is working for us, if it suits where we are in our life right now, if it makes us happy, um, you know, all these different things. But one of the things that I realized during the pandemic was that we all were going a little crazy over shopping. You know, everybody was 
feeling out of control. Everyone was feeling lonely. Everyone was feeling disconnected from their people. And I would drive, I live in Los Angeles. I would drive around during the lockdown and I would see these giant towers of packages on people's doorsteps, you know, sort of about to fall over. And I, I really wanted to look into what it is about shopping. Um, what do we get from it? And what are we trying to fix? And what I realized in researching happiness is that shopping is just a dopamine hit. And, you know, we get it and we feel better for a few seconds, 17 seconds, and then it goes away. And then we shop some more and then we shop some more. And ultimately, it, if we aren't fulfilling ourselves in other ways, the shopping is leaving us unfulfilled. And full disclosure, I am not a minimalist. I like to shop. I like cute clothes. I love a cute bag. Like I like my life full of things that I love and use. But what I was seeing is people flipping over and just putting so much into shopping and not getting anything back. So what I do in the book is look at what you're trying to magnetize by shopping, what you're trying to bring in. Is it big love? Is it true connection? Is it sense of purpose? And how can you find that in other ways so that the shopping just becomes the icing on the cake? Personally, I can say that I hate clutter and I kind of made rules for myself that if I don't wear something or if I don't use something for more than a year, I I get rid of it. And I also always get rid of stuff kind of monthly because I get so much clothes and so many things from brands, brand partnerships. And I constantly have so many packages and things coming. So I definitely have to find space for new things. So I kind of get rid of old stuff. And I usually do that on a regular basis. And I like to keep everything clean and organized. So I don't have too much clutter laying around. And because I feel like it's in, all in my way. But I can say that our older generations like my grandma's generation I remember I used to always come to her house and declutter a lot because their generations just grow up totally different world and they just kind of never knew what tomorrow brings to them so they had to like collect all the possible things to have it just to have it and I think that's such a good point you know I think we don't like I I'm like you my grandmother was a huge part of my life and she lived through the depression in the United she was an immigrant to the United States she lived through the depression in the United States she lived through World War II so for her hanging on to like spices that were 25 years old was like, well, you may not be able to get cinnamon again. Like, you know, and so now when we realize that we have so much more access, we don't have to hold on to in the same way. But you know, all those lessons were taught to you, right? You, I still every time a rubber band comes in, I always think, could I use this? Seems silly to throw it away. And, you know, we get so informed by our family experience. And I think also the, the other thing is that so many people use shopping as a as a way to sort of pretend like they're connecting you know I hear this a lot of mothers and daughters say this well we go shopping and then we fight but then we have a nice time and you know for me it's encouraging is there other things that you can do my mom's 80 something right now and she's at a point in her life where like she just wants to see us you know she just wants to spend time with us and I know we don't have that much longer with her. And I always think like, is that what I want to be doing with her shopping? Or can I just be asking her story? So I think it's really important that you look back at your family history because that will inform how you 
relate to your stuff. Yeah, totally. I feel like it's defining us because it's our family and that's how we get our values from. And like the worst thing is when people go shopping and they try to fulfill some emptiness inside. So of course they go shopping and shop for things sometimes they don't even need and shop away sometimes to kind of take away their sorrows and I had moments in my life where I was kind of like that too I was buying things and new clothes new things and I when I looked after in my closet I still had those items even with tags on it so I was trying to kind of fill in my emptiness inside it wasn't really working it's not a good way to do that exactly but it doesn't the fulfillment doesn't last like you know you get home like you said you get home and you see all these things with tags on it and then you're just like i spent money i shouldn't have spent i should be then all of a sudden you're beating yourself up and I, i will say this and i'm such a strong proponent of this wear your nice clothes People buy such beautiful clothes and then they don't wear them and they're saving them for some special occasion. And I mean, it's one of the things I love about you. Like you get dressed up, you celebrate the day. I'm all for it. Wear your nice blouse to the grocery store. Go to the Starbucks. Like, what are you saving it for? Today is special. Celebrate it. You know, I have a dear friend of mine who always says to dress for the dress for the movie version of your life. And I always think about that, like when I go on a trip and I'm packing and like clothes are fun, clothes are an expression of yourself, clothes are a way to be artistic. So wear them, don't let them just hang in your closet with tags on them, wear them. So true, because some people are saving some clothes or some dress or just some items for a special occasion for some time in the future. But that moment might not ever come. That's why you should wear everything and you should live in the moment and enjoy it. Yeah, I work. One of the things that my company does is we help a lot of families clean out houses after people have passed away. And I can't tell you, we go into so many houses where the people passed away in their 80s or 90s. And there are things like wedding presents that they never opened or they never used. I'm like, use the nice china, burn the fancy candle, celebrate today. Like you, we don't, you know, life is hard, make it special. So I'm all about that. Like wear the great outfit, wear the color that you love, you know, wear the things that make you shine because there's something about, it's actually called the specialness spiral. It's really interesting. So basically what that says, and they studied this, I believe at Harvard or Yale, if you buy something and you bring it home and you don't use it right away, so you deem it, oh, this candle's very special. You've already decided that it's hands off. And then every time you go to burn it, you're like, oh, well, today isn't special enough. You know, I can't, I can't burn this today. And then eventually the spiral gets that you never, ever burn it. Um, I have a, a stylist that I work with sometimes who's just fantastic and helps me out. Clothes shopping is overwhelming for me. I just need a little bit of help, but she will, she's the greatest. She'll make you put that new outfit on in the store to go home in. She's like, put it on, wear it now. What are you waiting for? And all of a sudden you like put it on, you feel fantastic. So I'm with you, man. Wear your, wear your bright colors, wear the things that make you happy. Celebrate today. So true. Totally. And how does clutter affect our overall well-being and happiness? Look, it just stresses us out. Clutter has a direct correlation to stress. And think about it. 
like this is what I tell people. And again, this isn't about you, you know, your house being right or looking perfect for Pinterest. This is about how your house works for you or your closet works for you. If you go in and your closet's a disaster and completely disorganized and you can't find what you're looking for and you're getting dressed out of the laundry basket, that's going to stress you out, right? You're already stressed looking for the thing. You're looking for your keys. The more stuff you have, the more clutter that you have, the more you have to do, and it raises your stress levels. They've done so many studies around clutter and stress, and especially for women, women who live in very cluttered spaces have increased cortisol. So they're sort of living in fight or flight all the time. So it's about not being right or wrong. It's about reducing the clutter to reduce the stress in your life, right? If, you, if your closet is, think about this, I always tell people, if you love every article of clothing in your closet, so it's not like, oh, those are my fat pants and those are my skinny pants and that's for my breakup and that's a bad memory. But if you love everything in your closet and you go to get dressed, you're already starting the day at a positive point. You're like, I love that outfit. I love those jeans. I love those shoes, right? If, but if you're digging through things of bad memories or you know different sizes, you're already starting your day off. So it really affects your stress, your happiness, your time management. Decluttering is one of the, I think decluttering is a form of self-care. I totally agree with you. And one of my friends is image consultant. She's stylist. So I'm in fashion as well. So I do have a lot of experience in fashion. But I had so many outfits in my closet that I could not let go. So I had to get somebody else's opinion and her help. So she would help me to get rid of all those items. We ended up collecting like eight bags of clothes. And of course, I donated all of them. But it was so much. It obviously was not fitting in my closet anymore. It's amazing. You know what I just did, which I'd never done before. And I'm very lucky. I have an extra closet in my house. But I, I went through my closet and I had... I don't know about two feet of clothes that I still love. They were quality pieces, but I was just a little sick of them. So I just moved them to another closet and I'm like, in six months, I'm going to revisit them. I'm not quite ready to let them go. And again, they're quality pieces that are going to last for a long time. And then in six months, I'll revisit them. But even taking that much out of my closet just opened up all this space. And I was like, oh, I can see my stuff again. I forgot about that blouse. I love that blouse. I know. And I think people have to remember too, that pretty clothes and pretty stuff are always going to come along. There's never going to be a shortage of it. So I think sometimes when we're hanging on, you know, we're holding on to fear or scarcity or, you know, you've got to open yourself up to what can come, what the possibilities, you know, and, it, and when I see people, when I work with people personally, and we declutter the things that come to them, they, it's like they open these energy channels and all of a sudden love, or they get pregnant or they get the job they want. Because when you're buried in clutter, you're buried in memories and bad feelings and darkness. And when you lighten that up, it's amazing what comes to you. Absolutely. And I also believe in Feng Shui and I believe that our house has to be clean and clutter-free. And I also believe that if you have some old electronics that don't work anymore or some old things that don't work anymore, it's definitely bad to keep it in your house. It's kind of like dead energy. And you just keep it in your house away from having it nice, welcoming, and kind of fresh. I mean, I always feel 
fresh and I feel like this great energy flow in my house when I declutter. So I sometimes people always complain that something is not working out in their lives or they feel stuck. I always feel that if you feel stuck or something is not working out in your life, the first step you should do is declutter because then you'll feel fresh and you'll feel kind of brand new. And also you should move your furniture around sometimes because that kind of also affects the flow in the house and energy flow. I totally agree with you. I mean, I always say feng shui is common sense, right? If you have all these dead things in your house or if you have a house full of bad memories, you're going to feel it, right? You know, I, you know, I work with a lot of clients again after they've lost somebody and kind of processing through that grief and letting go of this stuff and I'm always like keep the things that give you the happy memories. Don't keep the things that make you sad. Keep the things that when, you know, if you lost your grandmother, you know, I, I, I have like three things. My grandmother was the dearest person in the world to me. I have three things of hers maybe. And one is her wedding ring and I wear it every day. And every time I look at it, I think about her. But I don't have a house full of her old furniture that I didn't like. I don't have clothes of hers that I would never wear. I have the things that I treasure. And when you're thoughtful and when you're mindful about what you pick, and what you put in your house, your stuff is going to support you. Your stuff is going to lead you where you want to go. But if you have a house full of things that don't work and things that are broken and things you hate, that's going to weigh on you. And it's going to, I totally agree with you. It just gets in the way of the life you want to be living. What is the best way to declutter the spending to improve financial stability and reduce stress? Yeah. So one of the things about decluttering that comes up is that you have to really get honest with yourself about what kind of money you're spending. You know, all of a sudden when you're like get donating and getting rid of things that you've never used, you're like, oh, wow, I spent money on that and I never used it. You know, do I have an outside storage unit that I'm paying $200, $300 a month for? So I always tell people to use decluttering as an opportunity not to beat yourself up, but to say, oh, here's what I want to change. I don't want to be this way anymore. You know, one thing that I, I always tell people um, is before you buy anything, for every $100 that it costs, wait 24 hours to buy it. So if it's $100, wait 24 hours. If it's 200, wait 48. And just in that time, often that desire to like, oh, I need this thing to feel better, will just go away. You'll take a walk with a friend. You'll go to the beach. So when you declutter, you say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Get aware of what you're spending and what you're bringing in and you can really get right with your finances. You know, so many people's relationship to their stuff is the same with their relationship to money and that it feels messy and it feels loaded and it feels emotional. So if you, in the decluttering process, be like, I bought all this stuff. I never used it. Next time I buy, I'm going to get mindful about what I'm actually purchasing. I noticed that with myself because I started to declutter on a regular basis. Now I'm more conscious about buying something if I don't really need it if I don't really use it I kind of like don't buy it now because I'm just thinking of it okay just gonna be another clutter at my house yeah so it's a great that's a great thing when you declutter all of a sudden you go you know if you have a bunch of one thing that you've never used you're like okay well I don't use this so why am I buying it again or do I have it on subscription or you know it's just a time I mean, I'll tell people it's like, it's a fantastic exercise, but it's a little bit brutal is to run an, you can run an Amazon monthly report of what you've spent. Amazon's a whole other thing, you know, so it's really about, and here's a great thing that the listeners can just, here's a change you can make today. This is the easiest one. Stop saying I need, I need a new pair of jeans. I need a new pair of high heels. Chances are you don't need it. Chances are you have plenty of it. You just want it which is okay, but you want to get honest. Just say, I want it. Like the other day, I was like, I want a new crossbody bag. I'm a little tired of the one I have. I just want it. And then it wasn't that desire of like, oh, I need it. I've got to have it. It was like, I'll want it. And I'm keeping my eye out and I'm looking on the real, real. And if something comes along, great. But when you're buying from a place of, I need it, I need it. There's a desperation to it. So just take a breath. Just start saying I want and see if you're still as consumed with the purchasing. Yeah, it's totally great advice. And you do get tired of the same bag or the same clothes. And it's okay to spoil yourself sometimes. But now I just became more mindful of what I'm buying. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too is, and I always say this, if you buy quality, if you buy well-made over quantity and you have those good basic pieces in your wardrobe and then you're like i need a little zhuzh like get a new skirt you know there's if you have a quality you know there's so much and i'm sure you've talked about it on here you know there's so much wrong with fast fashion what it does for the environment what it you know but also this idea that there are 52 seasons now and you have to have a new but when you buy quality when you buy well-made It's going to last and you can make it fun. So I just think we need to change our relationship. I mean, you know, all you have to do is go to a thrift store and see all those bins of clothes. I'm in the fashion industry and I'm also on camera all the time. So I have to have like new outfit every time I show my face. So I have to go through so much clothes. It's always constant, but it's kind of recycle it I guess like I donate yeah yeah recycle it rewear it change it in a different way you know there's there's lots of um that's kind of one of the great things I think you said too like an image consultant or a stylist can kind of help you rework your stuff so that you can I just had somebody my the woman I work with come in and we just like altered a few pieces and did a few things and it was like oh this is all new this is so fun 
So it, it, you know, it's just being mindful. It's it's like, we're mindful about what we put in our bodies when we eat. We're mindful about who we surround ourselves with. It's the same thing with your stuff. What are you, what energetically are you surrounding yourself with? Building self-confidence is a common struggle for so many people. And how can decluttering our physical space contribute to building that confidence? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, our home is an outward expression of us. So when we're not, you know, the first thing that people, when they're going through depression, they always say like, the, when they get out of it, is the first thing they do is clean their room or clean their house, right? That they're, how their house reflects how they're feeling. So sometimes if you're not feeling good about yourself, just clean your room, make your bed, organize your closet, because you're going to just feel better. You know, there's so many people I work with who are like, oh, I just don't invite anybody over into my home. You know, I'm too embarrassed about it. And it always breaks my heart because your home should be a place that you share. You should be able to have friends over and cook for them and laugh with them. And so if you can declutter and get organized, and again, it's a scale, how far it goes that works for you, then you can share your space. And all of that adds to your self-confidence. You know, I'll see people get out of cars and they're like full of dirt, old cups and old water bottles. And, and it's like, you can't feel good driving around in trash. You just don't. So just a little bit of decluttering, a little bit of organizing is going to make you feel so much better about yourself. I always love to keep my car clean. I don't like to have anything extra in my car. And I love to have everything around me organized. Yeah, it makes you, and it makes your life, you know where to find things, you know where to look for things, you know what, you know, your cl if your clothes are hung up and organized, then when you go to put them on, they're not wrinkled at the bottom of the laundry basket. Like this is just practical stuff that will make your life go easier. It's not, again, I say this all the time, it's not about it being, you know, perfect and perfect bins and all that. It's about making your life, life is hard. So what can we do to make it a little bit better? Identifying needs versus wants is often challenging for people when it comes to spending. So how can someone differentiate between the two and make conscious choices about their purchases? Yeah, this is this is exactly what I was talking about. This idea that we go in saying, I want, I want, I mean, we, sorry, we go in and we say, I need, I need, I need this new thing. I need this new thing. Again, you don't. I, I can, 99% of you, I can go into your house and you have everything that you could ever need. Think about when you travel, right? You take a suitcase or two and you have everything you need. You don't think about your stuff at home. So we've started to say need when what we really want is what it's really that we want. So just flipping your languaging on that, just changing it to saying, I want, and that's okay. We all have wants. All of a sudden you're being honest with yourself. You're being truthful and everything will line up, right? Like, oh, I really want that. Okay, great. If you want it, you can afford it, go get it. And then it's like you set a goal and you get this thing that you want. But if you cloud it and I need it, I need it, I need it, you're putting yourself in a space of scarcity. It's telling yourself that you don't have enough. And we do have enough. So celebrate what you have and understand if you want a little bit more, okay, but celebrate what you have. Be grateful for what you have. Yeah, that's a great point. But also it kind of leads me to my next question. How did you get in this field? And how did you even start 
to do what I do now? What was your turning point? Yeah, it's so funny. So I had been a personal assistant to two different people for about 10 years, five and five. And I loved being a personal assistant. I loved it. It was like every day was different. We traveled the world. It was like problem solving. It was just fantastic. And then because I, I I'd like cleaned out my grandmother's estate, I had, you know, dealt with all this stuff people would call me and they'd say like, oh, can you help me on the weekend? Like I have this weird project, I have all this paperwork or my grandma passed away. And I just started doing these jobs and I loved it. And like, the, I joke, my little flip phone started ringing, you know, my pager was going off and I, more and more jobs came. And that was 16 years ago. I now have a staff of 12. Um, we have trucks. We're expanding across the whole country. It's just, you know, when you find what you love, and for me, it's helping people. And it's for me, it's having people help them change their relationship to their stuff and kind of break those old. Um, it just took off. I love it. I love my job. So many people have a problem with this. They cannot let things go. They just hold their stuff. So what's your best advice for those to just let things go this is fantastic okay i want to talk about this because this is very important so there's sort of two paths in relationships with too much stuff there's one sort of over cluttered too much have trouble and then there are people who have hoarding disorder and hoarding disorder is an anxiety disorder it's very serious it can be treated. It can be treated with simple cognitive behavior therapy. So if you're worried that you or someone, anybody listening, have hoarding disorder, there's a quiz you can take online. There's a lot of really good information. So the first thing is to differentiate. Do you actually have hoarding disorder or are you just too emotionally touched? And if it feels like it's just more emotional than an actual disorder, I always suggest my first book, Making Space Clutter Free, they help you identify why you're blocked about what you can't let go of. So that's always the first step. So if you do feel like if anyone's listening and you feel like you have hoarding disorder, please, 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 there's mental health help for it. There's so much conversation about it. There's so much that can be done. There is help out there. So just reach out. People are so ashamed, you know, to get help for anything. And it's like, there's help out there and there are people who can help you. So if you're worried, anyone's always free to email me, info at declutterfly.com. I'll answer any questions. I'm a resource for everybody, but I just want people to know there is help out there. Making an inventory of big purchases is a very interesting idea, but... Could you explain how this process can help individuals reflect on their spending habits and make better choices in the future? Yeah, so this is a nut, this is one of those like ooh, take inventory exercises. You can either write it on a piece of paper or in a spreadsheet, but list take like maybe the last 3 months and list every purchase you made say over $100. List it out, what it was, what you spent for it. And then go next to it and identify, was that a real want or a real need? Did you really need that thing? And when you see it laid out, and again, this isn't to make you feel bad, but when you get, when it's laid out in front of you, you're like, oh, I didn't really need that. I just bought that. I could have skipped that. You know, I had a friend who he just told me the other day he was doing this and he was like, you know what? I really want to take a trip. Every time I feel like buying a new piece of camera equipment or something for my motorcycle, you know, he's a gearhead. He's like, I just moved that money into a savings account. He's like, and then in six months, he's like, I had enough to take a trip. 
So, you know, it's, it's understanding where your money's going, what you're emotionally trying to fulfill by spending it and what your goals are. Are you saving for a vacation? Are you want to save for retirement? You know, it's, it's all about honesty, honesty with yourself, honesty, what you're spending and what your goals are, because we, you to be happy that's why we're here that's why we all do what we do that's why we create content that's why we have podcasts we want you to have a happier life so looking at your spending can help that and my fear is sometimes when i want to buy something for myself but then i start thinking about it if i need it or not and i don't limit myself because it's kind of bad for your self-care but also I don't want to get extra stuff that I don't need. So where is the happy medium? Absolutely. It's a happy meeting. And also is this, you know, we ask ourselves about this and everything in our lives, but is this purchase in line with my goals, right? Like, let's say you want to buy a house. Is this buying this thing? Is this in line with the goal of buying a house? Is this in line with the vacation? Is this in line? How much I, like it, it's not about, limiting yourself but it's what are my goals and is this in line with it and when you start to think about it that way you're like oh yeah I don't need that I'd rather put the money towards this so it's just about awareness it's about understanding what you're going through you know that late night Instagram shopping right where we're scrolling we're like oh I need that oh that'll fix my problems oh those, those will, that'll do it that'll do it and then all of a sudden the packages start coming and you're like what happened so it's about understanding that maybe in those moments when you're doing that kind of shopping, you're actually feeling lonely. So maybe it's a matter of reaching out to a friend or, you know, watching a good movie or doing something. But what are you trying to fill with the shopping? And just, you know, it's I, I, an expression I hate. I hate when people call it retail therapy, like go shopping to feel better. And like, how about you take a walk with your best friend? Like maybe that will make you feel better. Go look at the ocean, go, you know, like go do, hug your dog, do something else. And then when all, it's exactly what you said, it's a middle ground. When you realize that the shopping won't fix it, then the shopping becomes fun again. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And do you have any crazy stories that you had in your career that you can share with us? I have so many crazy stories. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we've just found we oh my golly, we just we've just found the craziest stuff. We had a client recently whose husband was big in the television business and she had this giant stuffed lion, but an actual lion that had been stuffed. It was from like a movie in the 60s. And she was like, You have to help me get rid of this. And I was like, I don't know what to do with it. So I'm sort of driving around with a giant stuffed lion in the back of my car. <laughs> And I thought, can I sit him up and put him in the carpool lane? And But also really great things like helping people, like people finding wedding rings and photos and just like great, you know, just one of my favorite things about what I do is watching people fall in love with their stuff again, right? Like getting their closet organized so they see what beautiful clothes they have and want to wear them, you know, decluttering the kitchen so they want to cook again, like having people fall in love with their house again it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's amazing. And some houses are so cluttered. It's sometimes I even think, how do people even live there? It just makes it so hard. Yeah, and if you have a cluttered house, you don't want to go home. You don't want to, you know, You, I mean, I joke all the time that New Yorkers, I have a lot of clients who spend a lot of time in New York. New Yorkers are out all the time because their houses are, their apartments are so small. 
New York is so fun. Nobody wants to go home. You meet at a cafe, you see a friend, then they're like, let's go grab a drink. And then I say, you know, nobody wants to go home. So it's about making your home a sanctuary, the place that you want to be in. That's so true. And do you think Clutter has direct relationship with your financial situation and your financial stability? Oh, totally. So many, so many times people call me and their motivation is financial. I'm going to stop paying for the storage unit. My finances are a mess. My paperwork's a mess. I don't know what I'm spending. Like if you look at decluttering, like if you are trying, if you are in a path to self-improvement and you are learning as much as you can and you want to get, especially around money and your relationship to it and finances, Start to look at the stuff around your house. Are you, you know, do you buy on sale all the time because you think I'm saving money, but you're really buying things you don't need? There is a direct correlation. So when you're trying to improve that, improve your financial life, look at your clutter. I would almost say start with your clutter before your actual bank accounts because there's a direct correlation. That's so interesting. And where can our listeners find you, where they can purchase your book? Oh, yeah. So uh, Instagram is my big platform at Tracy underscore McCubbin. I do um, every week I list like three different posts about things you can declutter in under five minutes. So like quick little decluttering hits. It's super fun. It's a great supportive community. Um, you can get me at tracymccubbin.com and books are available at uh, on the website at Amazon at bookshop.org. And if we're trying to keep our book clutter down, most local libraries have them. Thank you so much, Tracy. Such an amazing conversation. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me. Have a lovely day. You too. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.